Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Good morning and welcome to a Thursday. It's a day that we like to give thanks that uh, somebody invented air conditioning. Oh, no kidding. Central air. Love it. So warm out. Uh, even this morning when I left my house, it was 74 degrees in Nampa. 74? Yeah. A little cooler here in downtown Boise. But uh, yeah, definitely going to be, as you just heard in the weather right there, another hot one today. Another, and uh, tri- triple digit day today. We got a heat dome that is uh, going to keep this air right. A heat dome. Right here with that us. Sounds like a place where the they weekend. should play basketball in Miami, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I tried to talk, I uh, was supposed to go play golf with my uh, son on Saturday, and I had got a tee time for 6.50 because I wanted to be done, you know, before it gets hot. Um, but this is the battle you have with uh, kids, you know, who maybe aren't necessarily to getting up really early on the weekends. It's like, well, I don't want to get up to go play golf at six at 6.30. <laughs> it's like, so we're going at 10 instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you'll be golfing in the heat of the yeah night. well I'll, I'll be I'll, I'll be having a swamp butt <laughs> <laughs> been there done that <laughs> can't you can't you can't really help it when uh it's going to be that hot because i think it's supposed to be like 102 again on saturday so yep 102 <laughs> or 103 something like what the, what they need is is at the end of nine holes they need to have some quick showers that's actually not a bad idea or something so, something that you can carry with you in the cart, like a, a blast of cold air yeah. just sitting there. Uh, carts, though, don't have air conditioning. Or the marshal should come around with a super soaker. Yeah, something. I, I would take any of that on uh, certain hot hot days. Mm-hmm. Phone lines are open this morning, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, looking again as if the uh, Dow is going to be dropping massively today. Uh, the implied opening is, it says the Dow is going to be down 486 points. Whoops. Apparently, uh, you know, 9.1% uh, inflation. That's the Consumer Price Index report that came out yesterday. Stock market doesn't like it when you, you see that. The most inflation yeah. we've seen since 1981. And I know all of us were alive in 1981, but you got to look at a, a great point that was made earlier this morning. I can see somebody shaking his head from here. First time in a generation that a lot of people are like, well, yeah, he's he wasn't born in 1980, but and he's the person that I'm making the point of. These you know people his age, our producer Scott, um, have never seen anything like this in their lives okay. because this is something that is you know usually generational. Like I said, 9.1 consumer price index has not happened. Um, inflation hasn't been this high since 1981. Which is where I mean, we you me and Rick all sit there and go, oh, 81. Well, that's a while ago, but it's. That's a long time ago. <laughs> in 80, let's see, 81, Ronald Reagan uh, just just became president, and uh, that was after four years of uh, Jimmy Carter. There, and you can, you can quite frankly say the reason Ronald Reagan became president was because of what was of going the, on with, the, the, with oh, inflation. Yeah. Because yeah. of the four years of Jimmy Carter? Yeah. yeah. Um, Fuel was also an issue, as you recall. Hey, good news this morning. I noticed the gas prices here in Idaho dropped another two cents a gallon. We're still still nowhere as close to what the rest of the country, you know, dropping over twenty cents a gallon over the last few weeks. But we're down two cents. That's something. Diesel still four. You know, they they seem not to. 
They say not to look a gift horse in the mouth, but I think I want to. Uh, I, I would like to be with the rest of the country, I have to admit, dropping, you know, 20 to 30 cents over the last couple of weeks. We're not seeing that yet. It's probably coming. At least I, I hope it is. And that we've gone away with the uh, from the predictions earlier that said gas prices could be up to $6 a gallon by the time we uh, hit August and September. Well, I'm still not sure that that isn't going to happen. No, I'm afraid on, of it. You know, inflation rates. But, I mean, you did see the AAA report that said... You know, 75% of people that are going to buy a new car say they're they're going to go look at an electric vehicle of some kind because they're tired of paying for gas. And if you live in a big city, that's probably okay. Believe me, in in six months, they'll be tired of paying for the electric vehicle. (laughs) (laughs) Based on where electric rates are going. You know, I was thinking about this yesterday, and this is all having to do with the story you saw that um, you know, the millions of dollars are going to be coming into the United, uh, to Idaho to uh, put charging stations every 50 miles uh, along the interstate. Mm-hmm. That, that's definitely, definitely, definitely going to uh, help. Except if you don't travel along the interstate, then you're still going to be sitting there searching out, you know, place to charge charge your vehicle here in Idaho. You know, granted, Urban areas, you're probably going to be okay if you get a vehicle, right? You know, but we've had we've had talks with people who own electric vehicles here on the show already, saying you know they have three vehicles, two electric vehicles for the husband and the wife, and then they have a a, a third car because they have to use that if they want to travel. They're like, this is the one we use when we want to go somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's great, you know, traveling around town. Um, like right now, off the top of my head, the only charging place that i know off the top of my head and granted i don't have an electric vehicle so i don't care as of right now but the discovery center is the only place that i know where if i had an electric car today i know i could go there and there would be a charging station there there's uh several at the uh albertson's in meridian is there the big 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 the big, Mer- the big, big huge, albertson's the big yeah. huge ones yeah, they on got, they got a couple charging See, now, stations I, there. I didn't even realize that and those that must be fairly new then i think they've been there for at least a year have they? So I think they had those when they opened. Which one is the big one? Where's that? The one on Fairview? Yeah, the one over by, yeah, the one Fairview right over by the village. Yeah. Yeah. See, it, so it's it hasn't been a year because we moved and it wasn't there then. Yeah. Since Electric since vehicles, it's, it's spaces that are for only electric vehicles and there is a plug-in. Interesting. So there's there would be another place that uh, you could go if, you know, you needed to fill up with. Unless I'm mistaken about it, but I don't think so. It, they are, right? Yeah. So yeah, so he be- says I'm right because I I used to go there all the time when we lived in uh, Eagle because I loved that store um, at the marketplace one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm that's leaving the, all my money what is, there. What is there like eight hundred thousand square feet of uh, store? I love that I can say I'm going shopping and actually go to the bar <laughs> and still not be telling a lie. It's like you're, you're I'll be not, home later. I'm I'm going shopping. Technically, at Albertsons where not, there's a bar. Eight hundred thousand square feet. I think they have that much cheese. <laughs> <laughs> they actually have just a gigantic cheese section too. Yeah. I mean, they have blocks of cheese that that weigh two, three hundred pounds. You can go, hey, I'd like you to cut me a slice of that at fifty dollars a pound. Mm-hmm. The cheese is not cheap. 
Uh, coming up for you this morning, we'll have another chance for you to go see the uh, Snake River Stampede Watch Party. We've got a pair of tickets that we'll be giving away to that. That's on the way, so another reason why you would uh, like to lock in your phone number at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on Verizon Wireless. Another chance to pick up Blaze Pizza gift certificates also on the way with our Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. And then don't forget, tomorrow morning, our Blaze Pizza sweet deal of the week here on KBOI, $50 worth of gift certificates for only 25 bucks. That goes on sale tomorrow morning. Nine o'clock. Time for our first check on what's going on with sports this morning. Rick Worthington here. Um, we need to uh, get one of these channels, by the way, on the British. Oh, you want to watch some golf this morning, don't you? If, you know, it's what already, is going on for you? You get to watch the Mariners our, while you're working yesterday. yesterday you get to watch yes. golf today. Yes, I have the best job ever. What ever. can I say? Uh, we'll give you some oh, quick on. news on the open. As uh, what, hold on, I had to do this. Great Mariner game, wasn't it? Yeah, both of them. <sighs> <laughs> Yeah, the Mariners won 10 in a row. We'll get to that, though. We'll get to the highlights. I want to tell you about Justin Rose withdrew this morning. Oh. He will not be playing in the open. Apparently, he was out on the range, tweaked his back, oh. uh, tried to get out there and, and loosen it up, but uh, turned out he couldn't go. Been there, done that. So, Justin Rose not playing in the open this morning. Here's some other news where people, everybody's going to talk about golf today. But you've got to hear something from Tiger Woods. He's talking about uh, live golf. And basically, he he says he doesn't understand the benefit for the younger guys. How that, that move is, is positive in the, in the long term uh, for a lot of these players, especially if the live organization doesn't get world ranking points and they don't, in the major championships, change their criteria. Uh, for entering the events. Uh, it'd be sad to see some of these young kids never get a chance to experience it and experience what we've got a chance to experience um, and, and walk these hollow grounds and, and play in these championships. Tiger Woods, by the way, is going to be on the course today. But again, no Justin Rose tweaked his back. He will not be playing in the open. And I, I haven't seen the scoreboard yet. If, if you guys get it up there, make sure you give some scores out, okay? Uh, yeah, we can do that. I know you will, because yeah. I know you'll be watching. What is it? I mean, it's 6.16 here. What time is it? Uh, it's uh, the British it's Open whatever it is, be. Scotland time. Yeah, I, I don't know what time that would be. <laughs> KBY News Time is 6.16. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 622. Phone lines open once again, 208 336 3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. He's Chris Walden and Mike Casper. Thanks for listening in this morning. Remember, uh, we always encourage you to be a part of the show, and you can do that by calling us. You can also email Mike at KBOI.com, Chris at KBOI.com. Send us an instant message through our fan page on Facebook or text us. That's the same number as our main number, 208 336 3700. We were just talking uh, a little bit about, uh, you know, electric vehicles here. There is a uh, climate group whose members are now deflating tires on SUVs. So terrorists. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, Tire terrorists. They're called tire extinguishers. Tire is spelled T-Y-R-E. They should call them terrorists. Which encourage activists to deflate tires of park sports utility vehicles to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Now, I may be stupid or something. I don't know how deflating tires will help reduce gas emissions 
because you just blow up the tires and start driving once again. Now, it, at the at the very least, all this would do was piss me off and make me dig my feet in uh, against um, getting an electronic vehicle because you're trying to terrorize me into doing it. You ever hear anybody, uh, you know, become a victim of just any kind of terrorism, of whatever scale, and, and then, you know, somebody puts a microphone in front of their face and they say, you know, I, I've thought about it since this happened, and um, I completely really, changed my mind. Really, uh, you know, if 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 what I'm doing, you know, on a daily basis is making somebody this angry, that really I should change my ways. So yeah. I, I appreciate the terrorism that's been done here today. This is no, started, you, you never do hear that, do you? No, okay. this started in uh, New York City and is now spread to Chicago, San Francisco. Individuals affiliated with a group of deflated tires, uh, twenty SUVs in Chicago in the last week, another twenty in Scranton, Pennsylvania. San Francisco has seen it happening. Spokesperson for the group um, expected to expand massively across the United States in coming weeks. The group explains that it aims to take SUVs out of service because they are a disaster of our health and our public safety and our climate. Bigger and bigger cars are dominating our towns and cities, and also a privileged few can just flaunt their wealth. That's what the uh, website claims. On the site, the group provides tips for activists to quickly deflate tires and a leaflet that can be printed and left on the targeted vehicle's windshields. The uh, document asks the victims to not take it personally that their tires were deflated. I, I don't know how else you would take that if oh, you I deflated would, my tires. I, I would take it very personally, unless you did it to someone other than me. Now, here's the crazy part, all right? Not that this isn't the whole thing isn't crazy already. But they don't exclude electric vehicles from their actions, explaining that such SUVs also have a major carbon footprint. So even if you're driving an electric SUV that you charge, you could see your tires get deflated. This reminds me, remember the movie The Jerk? uh, Yeah. When the guy was shooting up and trying to kill him? He hates these cans. He hates these cans. There's cans in here, too. (laughs) These are terrorists. They hate these SUVs. <laughs> they, they don't just hate non-charging electric vehicles. They hate all SUVs. By including the electric vehicles, I think the point they're trying to make is is that they're complete morons. I thank you. I, I you, no problem. You, you were much nicer, but I was going to say that they were completely stupid. But you were much nicer and said that they are just complete morons. It's actually very similar. Although, and, although as you say, stupid is as stupid does. So I guess stupid is worse than, than moron, because moron just indicates your IQ is extremely low. And you, you made the great point. Uh, I don't, maybe it has happened in the history of the world where a terrorist does something and it goes, you know what? Wow, I didn't know you people felt that strongly. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to change my no, ways yeah, because next- you guys are, are, are def- won't stop deflating my tires unless I sell my SUV and, and buy myself a bike or something. Well, hey, next time, just call me, okay? I mean, you know. <laughs> We can head off this terrorism. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. If you want to weigh in on that, please feel free. Um, coming up here, still on the way for you this morning, um, we've got a couple of things that we're going to be talking about. Uh, Joe Biden yesterday, remember the in, in the uh, <laughs> a campaign, he was like, come on, man. Um, we, na- we may have a, a, a new saying from Joe Biden Um Yesterday, responding to a reporter asking him about uh, Democrats, a large number of Democrats, majority saying that they don't want him to run for president. 
Um, the new saying is, read the polls, Jack. <laughs> well, we'll talk a little bit I, about it. Makes me think of a song. Read, read, the, <laughs> read the polls, Jack. Don't, <laughs> Don't you come, come back. back. No more, no more, no more. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Once again, coming up tomorrow morning, tomorrow is Friday, and Fridays is when we have our KBOI Sweet Deals of the Week. Another great sweet deal coming up for you tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. So just make sure you're doing whatever it takes to remember to uh, go to KBOI.com at 9 o'clock, because in the past when we have done this particular sweet deal, um, it is sold out in under five minutes, and that's Blaze Pizza. Blaze Pizza has locations throughout the Treasure Valley. Your $50 gift certificate is good at any one of the Blaze Pizza locations. $50, by the way, will uh, feed a uh, hungry family very easily. And tomorrow morning, that $50 can uh, be yours for only $25, and all you have to do is go to KBOI.com, click on that link right at 9 o'clock. I would suggest if you've never signed up before for the sweet deal, go before so that you're all set and have all your information loaded and you just have to click on the buy the sweet deal at 9 o'clock and then you can make sure you're you're in on it and uh, you can buy one or more if you would like. You can buy more than one of mm-hmm. the uh, gift certificates. That's why they go so fast because this is such a great deal. But that will be happening coming up tomorrow morning once again at 9 o'clock. Go to KBOI.com. Click on that sweet deal link. Uh, we also have a $50 gift certificate we're giving away today absolutely free. Costs you nothing except your knowledge. <laughs> when we get to our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question, uh, we'll give you that question to start working on coming up here in about uh, 20 minutes. Also tomorrow being Friday, it is the return of the hometown happy hour with Nate Shellman. Um, and he's starting off with a bang uh, because he's headed to Land Ocean Restaurant, a restaurant that just opened up, uh, I believe this year, wasn't it? Earlier this year that they opened yeah. up, or maybe late they, last year? They have not been open long, I know that. No. Uh, they're on uh, Eagle Road in Meridian. Uh, if you want to plug this into your GPS tomorrow, 2902 North Eagle Road, um, you'll be able to join Nate Shellman beginning at 3 o'clock. He'll be broadcasting live, and of course, um, you know, it is a hometown happy hour. I'm sure they have happy hour prices. They've got fantastic food. Land, ocean means that you can get seafood uh, along with steaks, burgers, and things like that, mm-hmm. chicken. So that's all going on once again tomorrow, the return of the Hometown Happy Hour, beginning at 3 o'clock. It's brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Phone lines are always open for you uh, in the Casper and Chris show so that you can participate. Uh, Daniel and Eagle listening on 93.1. FM, thank you for being patient this morning. Uh, much appreciated. Uh, you want to talk about charging stations? Yeah, I, I don't own an electric car. I don't know anything about them. But my wife and I stayed at a hotel for a couple of days in Eugene, and there was uh, eight uh, chargers and 12 parking spots right out our window. Mm-hmm. Um, the first morning, there was a Prius plugged in at 7 o'clock in the morning. He left around 1 and the rest of that day and the next day, there are people waiting in lines, and then people have their lawn chairs, their books, their <laughs> laptops. Why would you want to do uh, You know, I guess maybe they're traveling. I don't know. I mean, if you can plug in at home, but when you're traveling, boy, what a way to waste a day. Yeah. Yeah, that that's so, a problem that a, a lot of people, you know, 
have with you know charging stations. Here's the other thing. You know, think about a day to like today. So you're in downtown Boise and you mm-hmm. have to charge up and spend three or four hours, whatever, charging your your vehicle. Uh, it's 104 degrees outside. How do you how do you remain cool? Because if you're going to sit in the car and run the air conditioner in your car, that's going to be running down the battery while you're charging it. Well, um, do you just sit there and sweat? The and let the air blow on them. <laughs> hey, uh, thank you for the call. Appreciate you listening, uh, Daniel. Uh, email in, Mike at KBY.com from Mark says, here's a thought that just occurred to me about the charging station you guys are talking about. As more people get electric cars, what is the line going to look like waiting to charge your car and how long are you going to have to wait? I was in a mall parking lot in San Diego the other day. All charging stations were full. People were gone shopping, I assume, and two other electric cars were waiting to charge their vehicles and looking annoyed because there were no spots available. You know, maybe with all these billions of dollars of infrastructure dollars that, you know, has been set aside by the administration to get new charging stations, maybe pretty soon there'll be more charging stations available than there are cars that need to be charged. One would assume, yeah. You can only hope because, yeah, that would be, and we talked about this over the uh, 4th of July holiday. Somebody had posted a video from California, uh, a huge line of cars that were waiting hours and they had like 20 charging stations. All of them were full, and then there was another 20 to 50 cars waiting for their turn to charge. And if you're sitting there and, and you're waiting and you're almost on, on E, I think that's what it is mm-hmm. when, when it's still empty uh, when it comes to a charge, what happens if you run out? Do you have to get a bunch of people to help you push the car to the charging station if you happen you know, to get there too late? while you're on empty because you're not going to get somebody to give you a, a bucket of electricity or a yeah. container of electricity to just pour into your vehicle. The other thing that I'm, I'm hearing, uh, Tesla, I know, um, has a, a locking mechanism uh, that they sell with their car because what, as, as was mentioned in the email, he, he noticed that people were charging their vehicles and then walking away and, say, going shopping because it was going to take three or four hours, so you go to right. do something else. People come up and take the charge charger out of the car that's currently charging and put it in their own car. It's, it's that easy to do, huh? Yeah, it, it, well, unless you have a locking mechanism. And because more and more people were reporting that that's happened, uh, Tesla has started selling aftermarket locking mechanisms for the charger so that once it's in your car, um, you can't just pull it out and put it in your own car. But, I mean, if you sit there, if you did that at a gas station... I'm filling up my car, and I just leave my car there for, for four hours. Somebody's going to come up and fill their car up, you know, it, just take it out of my vehicle. And, you know, there are a lot of unscrupulous people out there. Mm-hmm. A lot of questions to be answered. We'll talk more about this this morning and get your thoughts. Like I said, this comes from the story that Idaho planning to uh, put chargers along the interstate. They've got uh, millions and millions of dollars set aside now from the federal government to have charging stations Every 50 miles along the interstate here in Idaho. We'll get more of your thoughts if you want to email us. Mike at KBOI.com. Chris at KBOI.com. Time for another check on sports. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian and in East Boise. Either one of the locations, you don't even need a charger to get. They're close enough that you can go to either one now from your home in East Boise or in Meridian. Get in today if you want to check out their menu. FatGuysFreshDeli.com. Good morning. The Seattle Mariners have been in the midst of their best winning streak in years. Unfortunately, day before yesterday, their game was delayed because of rain and then eventually canceled. So they went into the Wednesday afternoon doubleheader. 
looking to win nine games in a row, and maybe ten if they could get it done. And the M's were able to heat up the bats to get the afternoon doubleheader started. He's ready. Here's the pitch of the way. Swinging a fly ball into the gap in right center field. This one is way back, and this one is gone. Goodbye baseball over the tall wall. In right center field, welcome back Jesse Winker with his seventh home run of the season. A solo shot here in the top of the fourth inning. It's now the Mariners four and the Nationals nothing. And the big shots kept on coming. Six hits in his last 20 at-bats. Here's a swing and a fly ball deep to right field. Down the line and this one is gone. Goodbye baseball. Just fair down the right field line. Adam Frazier with his third home run of the season. It lands into the Nationals' bullpen. Third home run already for the Mariners this afternoon. And it's now the Mariners' five and the Nationals' nothing. The Mariners followed that 6-4 win in Game 1 with a very close 2-1 win in Game 2. And folks, that is a 10-game winning streak for the Seattle Mariners. They are now 47-42 and on the season. Well, they're still 11 games behind the Astros for first place in the AL West, but... Hey, anything's possible with not even all-star break coming yet. But again, 10 wins in a row now for the Mariners. That's worth a celebration and a, a yeehaw, I think, for Mike Casper. I'm Rick Worthington. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Lieutenant Governor Janice McGeehan informed the Idaho Division of Financial Management this week in an email that Michelle Hamilton would go from $20,000 to $77,000 a year annually and be put on as a full-time employee as Director of Strategy and Constituent Services. Hamilton is now set to make $30,000 more than McGeehan's former Chief of Staff, who resigned last year. The problem is, the move could hinder the ability of the next Lieutenant Governor by significantly depleting the office's budget before January's power transition. Wonder if uh, McGeehan's office has any more job openings. <laughs> With you're looking for a, uh, I'm just going to say this: you're looking for a temp position. Um, and I don't feel like that's going to last forever. Do you? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think at least till the end of the year, I guess. Uh, Hamilton's salary, by the way, when adding in benefits is ninety over $90,000, which uses up nearly a fourth of the lieutenant governor's budget before the new lieutenant governor takes office. So they'll use nearly a fourth of the entire budget wow. in the time that this person is working between now and the end of the year <laughs> when the lieutenant governor leaves office and the new lieutenant governor will take office after the election in November. Do you see that uh, McGeehan put out a press release? Or not a press release, but she was on Twitter Blasting the media for making that a story. <laughs> how can it? She? How can this not be a story? The jump. Now, granted, the Hamilton was making twenty thousand as a part-time worker, and now you, you expect a, a jump in in pay. All right, you go part-time to full-time. I have no problem with that. I I'll also see if have I can find the post here for you. Yeah, I'll if you it. can. Yeah, I also have here. no problem. You make as much money. I, I I have said this. I don't care what job you have. You can make as much money um, for your job as the market will bear. I have no problem with that, except in this situation, this is, you know, number one, uh, money that's being paid by the taxpayers. Um, and I, I I asked this yesterday. We didn't get a chance to talk about this because of uh, what we were talking about um, on the show yesterday. Um, so I wanted to bring it up today. 
Is this just a massive screw you because of all the budget problems and what she was forced to um, basically cut everybody on her staff before now, the on. budget year was up? Now, come on. Does she seem like the sort of person who would uh, you know do a massive screw you? Mm. Do you want to hear the yeah, um, yeah, post I, that she I, wrote? Yeah, I would love to. See. By the way, she changed the name of her Facebook uh, to Janice McGeehan, America First Warrior. Okay. Once again, we see the establishment politicians and the media up to their old tricks. They told you my office budget wasn't balanced, but it was. Now they're trying to manufacture a controversy (laughs) about my staffing for the remainder of the year. But why did they choose to bring it up this week? As has happened before, an email from the lieutenant governor's office was leaked to the media by the governor's office. We know they don't really care about my tiny staff and budget. The governor has a far larger staff earning substantially more. The establishment and their media allies appear to be targeting conservatives. Are they trying to influence delegates to the upcoming state GOP convention? Michelle Hamilton, by the way, is the second in charge. You you know, you bring up the GOP convention. She's second in charge in the GOP Mm -hmm. behind behind Tom Luna. Right. And I, I mean... Like I said, I don't have any problem with anybody making as much money as as you can possibly make. Um, but this is a story. I mean, it, it once again, it's taxpayer money that pays for this salary, and it's thirty thousand dollars above and beyond what her previous chief of staff was paid. Now, granted, this isn't a chief of staff. She changed the name. It's director of strategy and constituent services. So maybe there's more in there. Maybe there's a lot more hours or a lot more work that goes into what the job is rather than just what the chief of staff formally did. And maybe that's why that she, she gets paid $30,000 more than the previous chief well, of staff. The thing that bothers me about this is she said that we manufactured it this week because the GOP convention is this week. We manufactured it. We had to have. But the fact is she had the email on Monday. She brought it up on Monday that she jumped this employee from about $20,000 in a part-time position per year to a full-time position and $77,000 per year. Fact is, she did that. Mm -hmm. And the email was sent to do it all on Monday. We reported it on Wednesday. So, yeah, that's current. I mean... It's not like we just jumped the shark here to. Oh, this is the week of the GOP convention in Twin Falls. So let's uh, let's re- report this right now. We, okay, let, let news me, stories don't. Or news here, news here, organizations don't do that. And I'll speak on behalf of a, a lot of the journalists in the state. Oh, oh, the conventions this week. <laughs> in this story from and the here, Associated and, and the rest Press, of them, the rest of them. We have a convention. <laughs> in the story, um, the Associated Press concerning Hamilton's employment. Um, said lawmakers each year consider raises for state workers. This year, approving raises of more than 7%. Raises beyond that for state agency workers must go through an administrative process with the Idaho Division of Human Resources that considers reasons and merits before possible approval. Hamilton's raise from the uh, what Waters was making, the previous um, chief of staff, is about a 64% increase. Increase. Lori Wolf, administrator of the Idaho Division of Human Resources, said that increase would never make it through her agency. But McGeehan, 
apparently is a statewide elected constitutional officer, meaning she can simply approve such races, uh, raises within her office. She can also hire contract work, as she has done in the past. She could potentially use the office's entire $205,000 budget while she is in office in the next six months, leaving um, the budget empty for the first half of next year for the new lieutenant governor. Now, I'm not saying that she's going to do that, but if she wanted to, um, apparently she can because there isn't an approval process for this to go through. It's just saying that this isn't a story isn't going to fly. It's like Because everybody, with the exception of the lieutenant governor on the previous story of the budget not being balanced, um, all agreed. I mean, there was nobody that came out and said, no, her budget is balanced. I mean, even the state said, no, yeah, legally sure. she has to become in balance. The only time she became balanced was right at the end of the budget season, and she had to give up um, her pay that month to <clears> – she didn't give up her pay. She um, – prorated it to uh, the next budget year to come into legal balance. Just got an instant message from uh, Jeffrey of Boise. He sent it directly to me. It says, I will repeat an old Chris Walton line from some years ago. McGeehan has delusions of adequacy. (laughs) Okay, I I did say that about 20 years ago, but it was about somebody else. Oh, okay. I was going to say, you said that 20 years ago about McGeehan? No. KBY Newstime, 715. If you want to share your thoughts, you can. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, we'll take a break here for sports. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Get in today. Uh, there is nothing better than a fat sandwich uh, on a hot day like this. Get a nice, cool sandwich. Or if you still want to have uh, a hot sandwich, you can have both. But I would highly suggest uh, getting bacon on that because bacon, of course, makes everybody cooler on a hot day. Get in today. East Boise, just off Gowan or in Meridian off Wells Avenue. Good morning. Some NBA news coming by way of the Utah Jazz. And if you're a Utah Jazz fan, you're probably not going to want to hear this. ESPN senior NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski says the Utah Jazz are listening to trade offers right now for Donovan Mitchell. Their general manager, Justin Zanuck, said the other day uh, and, and perhaps started to open the door to it by saying essentially nobody's untouchable on this roster and it's not their intention to trade uh, Donovan Mitchell but uh, clearly now uh, their willingness to listen certainly and opens up a lot of avenues around the league this is a player uh, coveted uh, by numerous teams and certainly when you see a trade market that includes Kevin Durant you know players of that caliber all of a sudden it can possibly open up you know multi-team scenarios uh, as we continue in, in trade season well into the summer. Now, is there any likelihood that Donovan Mitchell will be traded? That's yet to be seen. But again, there are some pretty good players like Kevin Durant being discussed as guys that could be players for the Utah Jazz should they be willing to give up Donovan Mitchell. So we'll see. I'm Rick Worthington. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. Jeremiah Bates, once again, here to talk about your money, or in this case this morning, what might be a lack of money. Dow Futures ahead of the opening here in nine minutes, down 500 points after being down uh, yesterday. Uh, more inflation data released this morning, and I'm guessing uh, not good news. 
No, not good. It's, it's still hot. It's still still very hot. Like uh, I think it's supposed to be like what over 100 degrees today. So uh, <laughs> it's kind of staying in line with these summer temperatures we're hitting. Like I said yesterday. So you have wholesale prices, the producer price index, which is it's basically a measure of prices received for the final demand of product. Think of it as the price that it uh, it hits the actual seller to make the product and actually distribute it. Those prices shot up near a record of 11.3% from a year ago, which is just below the record that we saw in May, which was 11.6. And kind of the thought process behind this is that if it costs more money for the producer to make the goods, that the likelihood of that price being passed on to the consumer to buy buy the goods is high. Thus, we're still stuck in this uh, high inflation cycle. So that's definitely weighing down on market sentiment because the, the... Market's trying to price in the odds now that the Federal Reserve is going to be a little bit more aggressive with their interest rate hikes. So maybe that conversation turns from 0.75% to 1%. And then these fears of the Federal Reserve driving us into a recession versus a soft landing, those odds kind of keep going higher and higher because the the tool chest for the Federal Reserve it's kind of limited, and and a lot of these uh, drivers that are uh, causing these high inflation numbers again is energy. It's these high energy costs. Maybe we might see a moderation of this next month because obviously we've seen a drop in the price of oil this month. Uh, we've seen a drop in the price of gas this month. So we got to see how far that will drive the needle. But these these reports that we're seeing that are backwards looking from last month clearly uh, rattling the market a bit because they know that the Federal Reserve they've made it very clear that they're going to focus on the data. And they're going to do everything that they can to tamper down inflation. And what can they do is just raise interest rates and try to really bring down this demand. Additional. Now, oh, go ahead. I just wanted to ask, is, is this something that we could look at um, and say, in the short term, this is going to be really painful, but you want to be really painful in the short term. So in the long term, it, it, it's going to be better instead of this going on for a long period of time? Right. And I think that's... That's really what, in my opinion, I think what the Federal Reserve is trying to do. I think they're trying to be very aggressive with this on the front end. So it gives them some room for cushion if, in fact, they do drive us into a recession. And if we start to see an unemployment tick up and it becomes more of a long, drawn-out recession, meaning GDPs, uh, you're seeing a more a higher number of negative GDP in this recession is maybe not more than two quarters or just over two quarters. Maybe it's going on for more months. Um, then they have the ability to kind of lower rates and then possibly we're still back in this cycle, but meaning they want to give the, the, give themselves some room. So I think that's really the idea behind front loading and, be, and being super aggressive with these rate hikes in the beginning. A couple of the major banks reported their earnings uh, yesterday, JP Morgan Chase and Morgan Stanley. Uh, and apparently the things are not good. No, no, and I, I think the uh, the expectations for uh, surprise earnings to the upside for banks um, that that was uh, that sentiment was dropping. So you have J.P. Morgan. I mean, shares are down more than the last time I looked at almost three percent in pre market trading, and this is largely in part due to their their profit declined twenty eight percent from a year earlier. And it's interesting because what really weighed down particularly for JP Morgan falling short of these expectations is they had the build up uh, reserves for potentially bad loans they had to build that up by 428 million and they've also stated that they're going to temporarily suspend their share buybacks and also not increase their dividend you got to remember a few weeks or about a month ago maybe a month and a half a lot of their peer group banks did increase their dividends JP Morgan did not so as opposed to 
you know, taking these taking these funds and actually doing things that will drive profits, they actually had to set it on the sidelines as a surplus to build up regulatory reserves for the potential defaults that might be on the horizon if, in fact, we do see a deep and, and, mm-hmm. and high recession. And, of course, the JP, I mean, Jamie Dimon, their, their president, came out and said, hey, we're dealing with geopolitical tensions, high inflations. I mean, consumer confidence is waning. There's uncertainty about rates. You have quantitative tightening. Right. Um, you have the geopolitical effects, too, global energy. So all of those are having negative consequences and is certainly not having a good outlook for banks. Because if you look at JP Morgan's performance year to date, it's down. I mean, after today, it'll probably be down 30%. So the financial sector in a whole this year, uh, performance has been pretty low. I know we got a few more banks that are set to release earnings um, early next week. So yeah, JP Morgan and Morgan Stanley, I think that's just a precursor yeah. of what we're going to see for all these banks. Real quickly before we go, let's flip to the uh, flip side of, of banks, cryptocurrency, uh, crypto lender Celsius, latest to file for bankruptcy. How many, how many uh, of these cryptocurrencies are going to be wiped out and cleaned out you know, with what's happening in the uh, crypto world? Is this just the beginning or are there just going to be a few? T- tough to say. I think this will be just the beginning. I think you're going to see uh, a lot of people are calling this the crypto winter. And this is the third major exchange in the cryptocurrency space that has filed for bankruptcy as of recent, uh, recently. So you're quickly seeing the, you know, there's a lot of proponents for cryptocurrency. Hey, it's great. It's decentralized. You're starting to see the negative effects of this because you're essentially getting bank runs on these cryptocurrency exchanges and people are getting left holding the bag, meaning they can't get their cryptocurrency out. So I tend to agree with it with that. I do think this is going to be a bit of a shakeout for a lot of these, uh, you know, crap coins and crap exchanges. And it's going to, it's (laughs) going to shake crap crypto, (laughs) crypto. No, Think of it. Think of it like the dot com bubble. Dot com d- bubble did great, but it shook out a lot of yeah. the a lot of the crud that was out there. I think we're on the same path for cryptocurrency. So this is, I mean, it's horrible for somebody who you know maybe loses their life savings or a bunch of money because they can't get it out. But for the industry, it's not necessarily a bad thing because it it cleans out all the crumb bums and idiots, right? You got it. And also, this is gonna this is also gonna spark the conversation around the regulation around cryptocurrency, which, in my opinion, I think it's gonna validate it even more, provide protections, and allow more people to enter the space and not get burned like we're seeing right now. Thank you. Uh, we'll take a break here. Um, looking like 488 points down right now, just ahead of the opening here in a few minutes. We'll get an update, see what's going on in about an hour plus the closing, and talk to you for a Friday morning tomorrow morning. Thanks, gents. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Lieutenant Governor Janice McGeehan informed the Idaho Division of Financial Management this week in an email that Michelle Hamilton would go from $20,000 to $77,000 a year annually and be put on as a full-time employee as Director of Strategy and Constituent Services. Hamilton is now set to make $30,000 more than McGeehan's former Chief of Staff, who resigned last year. The problem is, the move could hinder the ability of the next Lieutenant Governor by significantly depleting the office's budget before January's power transition. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can email us also, chris at kby.com, mike at kby.com. Uh, no name on this email says, I'm curious if McGeehan released her email 
With this pay raise story on Monday, why did Rick and KBOI not report the story on Monday? It would have seemed the logical day to do so. Why did you choose to report and discuss it today? Today is indeed the opening day of the convention. McGeehan is not incorrect here. Why the delay in coverage? And personally, who cares what she pays her staff if she stays on budget? I'd rather you did a little more in-depth coverage of Brad Little's expenditures. Timeline for you. Um, I, I didn't see this story until Tuesday night when it broke on uh, AP is where, where I first saw it. Um, the, the story was reported yesterday. KBOI covered it yesterday after Tuesday night, you know, coming out, and I think it was covered on uh, Idaho Press and also the uh, Idaho Statesman. So Rick reported it yesterday. We wanted to talk about, I wanted to talk about this yesterday morning, but we got into a conversation um, with some of the gun laws going around in New York City and uh, San Francisco and California yesterday and ended up getting a whole bunch of phone calls. So we, we stuck with that, didn't get a chance to talk about it, or we would have talked about this yesterday. But uh, as, as far as the timing, we're not sitting there sitting on this story and going, well, let's wait until Wednesday. That's when the GOP... You know, convention gets underway, and we'll break this story Thursday. Actually, apparently, on, or on Thursday. Sorry, Thursday. We'll, we'll sit on this until Thursday, and then you know we'll we'll cover it then. That I mean, that's not what happened. It's just timeline, and people, you know, are are concerned because yes, she can do what she wants to with the budget, but only half the budget is hers. Half the budget belongs to the next lieutenant governor, who will take office in January. The budget year goes through the end of june next year and if she uses up the entire budget by the end of this year before she leaves office that leaves nothing for the new lieutenant governor who would be coming in so what does what does the next lieutenant governor do seems like a you know a valid question and this is like we mentioned this is one quarter this one person takes up one quarter of the entire lieutenant governor's budget so that's that's the reason the question um, Donovan, also critical, uh, critical, uh, Donovan writes, uh, you stated McGeehan's hiring a new employee and paying them 90 K a year is a big screw you to the budget office on her way out the door. How do you know that? What is your source? This is not what I call good, accurate news reporting. Um, first of all, I didn't make that statement. I asked the question. I, I said, is this, I, I have no idea if it is or not. Second of all, I'm not a news reporter. Um, this is an opinion talk show. So that's all I did is I ask a question. Um, we're paid to give our opinions, talk about it with you. Um, so no, I, I, I didn't say that that's what was happening. So I'm I, I apologize if you, you took it that way, yeah. but I just asked the question. My advice to a couple of you, start your own podcast because it's really easy. KBY News Time 745. Let's get a final check on sports for you this morning. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Check them out. Online, the all-new menu, FatGuysFreshDeli.com. Good morning. Today is a very big day for golf because the Open is underway. But without one very big name, that would be Justin Rose. He withdrew from the Open early this morning because of a back injury. But that's really not what everybody's discussing. They're talking about Tiger Woods, who, yeah, he is going to play today. But he spoke with the media yesterday ahead of the 150th Open Championship at St. Andrews. And he said he doesn't understand the benefit for younger guys to join the live golf and miss out on the PGA Tour tradition and play for majors. I just don't see how that, that move is, is positive in the, in the long term uh, for a lot of these players, especially if the live organization doesn't get world ranking points and they don't in the major championships change their criteria uh, for entering the events. 
uh, it'd be sad to see some of these young kids never get a chance to experience it and experience what we've got a chance to experience um, and, and walk these hollow grounds and, and play in these championships. By the way, we'll continue to keep an eye on the Open for you. But again, Justin Rose withdrew from the Open today because of a back injury. I'm Rick Worthington. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Uh, if you get out uh, today, feel I, I really feel so sorry for the people who uh, have to work outside. Yesterday, uh, I got home and uh, they're building a house right across the street from us and they're putting in the uh, landscaping and their landscaping, uh, they're going with uh, no grass, uh, just rock. But they've got zero scaping. Yeah, they've got just massive amounts of rock that they are spreading, and and this is like an acre um, lot that they're putting rock on. And they had people out there with shovels yesterday over this acre, spreading rock out there. Oh. It just dr- sweat dripping yeah, on, and I'm like, oh, wonderful man. day to be out working it under the sun. I am so happy for my job that I get to work in the air conditioning. Um, it is going to be hot today, as you heard there, 103 today. I was just looking ahead, um, you know, because they're saying you can plan on this uh, warm temperatures for a while. Um, we've got 103 today, 100 tomorrow, 102 Saturday, 101 on Sunday, uh, 97 on Monday, then back to 101 on Tuesday, 100 on uh, Wednesday of next week. And then we see a cooling trend Thursday, Friday, and Saturday when temperatures drop all the way down to 99. <laughs> Um, just looking ahead, thank God it'll, we we it'll basically so cool. have triple digit temperatures from now till the end of the month, going all the way through the end of July. It's going to be 100 plus, basically, except for uh, those few days that I told you. Next Monday will be the coolest day at 97. So, so, so basically, this July is like last June. Yeah. Uh, here, let me try. It. Alexa, how hot is it? It's so hot. I heard that Russia is now going to invade Iceland. It's so hot the January 6th committee is going to subpoena Ben and Jerry. It's so hot Amber Heard got near Johnny Depp just so she could turn a cold shoulder. (laughs) And it's so hot the Supreme Court is going to overturn an ice cream truck. Have a great day and stay cool. Thank you, Alexa. See, Alexa's good for lots of stuff. Um, Name one thing. Right there. Some some great ways. Okay, you better name two things. To feel, feel cool. Um, I am a lover of well-written obituaries, and this obituary is going to come as a warning to you to remember that when you pass away, your kids are going to be writing your obituary Mm -hmm. if you have children. Lawrence Plaff Sr. was born in Belmont, New York on April 16, 1941. He passed away on June 27, 2022, living a long life much longer than he deserved. (laughs) well okay he is survived by his three children no four oops five children well as of 2022 we believe there is one more that we know about but there could be more his love was abundant when it came to himself but his for his children it remained limited from a young age he was a ladies man and a and an abusive alcoholic solidifying his commitment to both with the path of destruction he left behind damaging his adult children and leaving them broken Lawrence Sr.'s hobbies included abusing his first wife and children, 
Lawrence Sr. did spend over 20 years in the New York Police Department, but even his time in service was negligent at best. Because of his alcohol addiction, his commanding officer took away his gun and badge, replacing them with a broom until he could get his act together. It will be a challenging it will be challenging to miss Lawrence Sr. because he was narcissistic. He was incapable of love. He possesses no redeeming qualities for his children, including the ones he knew about and the ones uh, he possibly could have had. Lawrence Sr.'s passing proves that evil does eventually die, and it marks a time of healing, which will allow his children to get the closure they deserve. Lawrence Sr. can be remembered for being a father to many and a dad to none. So I oh. guess they... they <laughs> I guess that's their way of getting revenge. I I guess. So just keep that in mind, you know, when, when you pass away. Uh, it's not going to be you. I guess I guess if you want to write your own obituary, you could do that have, and, and, and leave it for people to post. But I, I have had to write five obituaries in my lifetime so far for close relatives. I would like and, to read your, your obituaries. I'm guessing that you probably had some humor in them. Yeah, there was some humor in them, but there was, there was no victimhood on my part. On the other hand, I, I don't... You know, take anything away from whoever wrote that one, because you know, chances are he was the worst father in the world. I don't know. Plus, the uh, people that you wrote your obituaries par- for were probably, probably, I'm just guessing. I don't know them. You know, loving, loving human beings. Well, I like them. Yeah. So, KBOI News Time seven fifty six. Phone lines are open two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pounds six seventy on your Verizon wireless. You might want to hang on to those numbers or set your speed dial uh, on the way within the next hour or so. We're going to have a chance for you to go to the Snake River Stampede Watch Party happening next Saturday, not this Saturday. This is next Saturday. Watch Party includes uh, food booths. There's vendors that are going to be there. Live music. Yes, there'll be a concert, and this all takes place outside the Snake River Stampede. But you get to watch the Snake River Stampede on the big screen television plus. The uh, watch party turns into the after party after the Snake River Stampede, which is also included in this. You can win your tickets coming up. Be ready to call. For your Google Play, simply say, hey, Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 807, good morning. Thanks for being a part of the show. Remember, you can even be more of a part of the show by participating, and we encourage that. That's why our phone lines are open the entire show, 6 to 10 every day. Casper and Chris Show, 208-336-3700. Now on 670, if you have a Verizon wireless, toll-free, 1-800-529-5264, wherever you may be listening to. And we know that people can't always uh, call in. You can also email us, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Send us an instant message through our fan page on Facebook, or you can text us, and that number is the same as our main number, too. So easy to remember, 208-336-3700. Yesterday, we had uh, talked about the video that was released in Uvalde shooting at the uh, high school and showing that the police response um, happened to be maybe even worse than what was being questioned in the first place. 74 minutes from the time that the gunman showed up, showed three different opportunities for police to stop the gunman, which they didn't do. And uh, now today, um, people are not only mad at the police in Uvalde uh, for not stopping the killing of 19 children and two teachers, teachers uh now they're mad at the news outlets that posted and published the uh video the mayor in the city council meeting yesterday uh called it chicken um caca not 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 salad no not salad 
said the news outlets should have waited until parents got to uh, see it first. When did the shooting? It's, it's been over three weeks, right? About, yeah. The video has been available. I mean, the video isn't something they have to develop and wait. You know, this is 2022. The technology is instantaneous when right. it comes to the videos. So the video could have been showed to the parents any time since the shooting happened. It was kind of a an edited version that was shown on television anyway of the original video. You could hear the kids screaming, and in the one they showed on television, you couldn't. Right. Because they, they just they cut that part out. I, I mean, this is news. This is what news outlets do, and this was published by um, a newspaper and a television station. That's all they did. They didn't they didn't make up the video. This was, this was just published. People could see it. I I don't get the criticism of you needed to wait for the parents to see this. Well, why haven't authorities showed the parents yet yeah. the video? What what are you waiting for? I mean, are you? If you never release it, is the news media not supposed to release the video that they have? I mean, this was, and granted, this was leaked video to the uh, newspaper and to the uh, television station. Mm -hmm. And I I don't know the reason it was leaked, but could the possibility be that it was leaked because they're going, why are we not showing this video? Why, what's taking so long? So, I mean, this is, you you can't really criticize the newspaper because this is their job, right? that's, That's true, yeah. That they are supposed to print news. I don't see any part of this not being news, and to call this, as the mayor said, chicken caca for the you know news outlets releasing the uh, video before they were able to show it to the parents. Uh, show it to the parents. I think you should be you know criticizing yourself for taking so long. If that was if that truly is your criticism, and not you know it could be just the fact that they're upset, which I would be too. If I was running a police department and it showed the police, as some people are criticizing, they were derelict in their duties. They, they were they were in the building. Uh, they really they didn't know where the shooter was, uh, but they could hear shots being fired. So they went down and they figured out which room the shooter was in. Uh, however, nobody opened the door and went in at any time for more than an hour and seventy four minutes. They, they they kept hearing more shots being fired. Basically, they heard more people being killed but still didn't breach the door, mm-hmm. and they didn't need a key. It was unlocked. That's how the shooter got in. And according to the video and according to testimony, um, you know, there was a police officer with a gun on the gunman who could have stopped this before he even got into the building right. and asked for permission in case you hadn't heard yesterday. He asked his, uh, his supervisor for permission, and either the supervisor didn't hear it or didn't give him permission, so he didn't shoot. That's one of the three times that this could have been stopped before anybody got killed, and, and wasn't. I mean, it's easy to second guess, I guess, in an emergency situation. It like is. This. And, yeah, it is. You know, and, and wonder what you personally would have done. But those who have the training, for some reason, stood out in the hallway for 70 minutes. And it... And the video also shows, you know, it, it looks really bad with some of the police officers showing on their phone looking like they're texting. There was another gentleman who was um, specifically pointed to, you know, went up to a um, sanitation, hand sanitizer, Mm -hmm. and washed his hands while all this was going on. They're sitting there listening to this, the gunfire and everything is happening, and they're standing there texting and and washing, washing their hands. 
So I mean, it, it just doesn't look good. Rather than first responders, they're becoming essentially non-responders. Yeah. Uh, Mike in Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. Uh, it's just sickening. Um, you know, everything changed after Columbine. You go in, you aggress. Uh, what I saw in the media, what I've talked to other retired law enforcement, uh, we're just shaking our head. Um, and uh, usually I, as you know, I want to say I want to know all the facts before I make a decision. On this case, um, the facts are there. Um, it's just a total lack of law enforcement leadership uh, down the line. Uh, I just... Uh, you know, I, I understand. I've uh, been there in situations, and but this is a disaster. But there's another factor that I want to throw in, and it's the officer that had the opportunity to shoot asked for permission to shoot because I think we got an element there in law enforcement today that they hesitate shooting because of what happens after the shooting occurs mm-hmm. if they're second guess if they're wrong and you take a young officer that's 23 years old and he goes i'm going to get the sergeant or lieutenant to okay this before i pull the trigger because otherwise i'll be roasted in the media and uh, um you know everything else ensued and everything so i I, i'm i'm concerned that there's a lot of law enforcement out there uh, that might hesitate that extra second and then this is the outcome. But the, the the officer going up to wash his hands with the sanitizer, I I just I you know I wanted to throw up. Uh, it, it's just a disgrace. And luckily in in this community we've got good outstanding law enforcement. Uh, and uh, you know you have to make decisions in split second. And but they had minutes here. Yeah, they had. And we talked an about hour. this yesterday when we were talking about it too. That. You know, it's easy for us to sit here and armchair quarterback and have twenty twenty hindsight and go, hey, you know, there were 20, uh, 21 people who were killed in this thing, and, and he could have taken him out. But you're, you're exactly right with what's going on in this world. You might hesitate and it's like, wow, I don't want to go to prison because I killed someone when maybe I shouldn't have been taking the shot or, or you know, something like that. So you're, you're exa- exactly right. You know, we have, we have the ability yeah. to look at twenty at this through 2020 hindsight glasses and say, oh, no, if you would have done this, 21 people wouldn't be killed. So, yeah, it, it is easy yeah. for us to do that. And then the city city leadership should have met with that family immediately. It says, this is what we know right now, this minute. And I don't blame the media for going out and releasing it. That's that's the game it is, yeah. uh, whoever gets the headline first. Well, and it's but not it's it, not so, like it was released the next day or even the next week. I mean, we've had weeks right. for this to weeks. you know be and, shown to uh, the families. So. And this will go on for a couple years of investigations and lawsuits and careers. Uh, gone, which some of them should be gone. Well, you've already uh, had the it, it, police, uh, the police chief, who was resigning anyway because he had been elected to the um, the uh, city council. City council. He has now resigned from the city council. So you know he's lost two jobs basically. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, I just think we're lucky in our community. I know that Boise Police and Ada County and Napa and Caldwell they would have went in, and you know it's dangerous. But that's the job you sign up for. And in my days, you didn't hesitate. You had to do it because uh, there wasn't a lot of backup and there wasn't that fancier equipment. You had to go in and get it done, and that was what you signed up to do. Thank you for the call, Mike. Appreciate it. Take care. 
208-336-3700. Take a break here. When we come back, we've got that $50 gift certificate to uh, give away to Blaze Pizza with our Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question. Phone lines are open if you still want to get through and uh, email us. Uh, we got news coming up at the bottom of the hour, but email us right now if you want to get through. Mike at KBOI.com. Chris at KBOI.com. Another thing uh, we are going to be talking about um, this morning um, interesting exchange in the uh, Senate this week in a hearing. Uh, Senator Josh Hawley got into an argument um, with a professor over whether or not men can get pregnant. Did he? I. It, it, Do you know which side he was on? Uh, he was on the side that men can't get pregnant. Um, the professor, college professor, um, called him transphobic for not understanding that apparently men can get pregnant. I, I don't know of any yet, but apparently uh, she believes they can. Wait till you hear this. This will be coming up here for you this morning, too. Stick around. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Students and staff in the Boise School District now have clearer guidance that they can file a grievance if they face discrimination over their gender identity. The Boise School Board on Monday approved an update to its civil rights grievance policy to include gender identity among the reasons someone could file a grievance. The revision, which district officials said was not a significant change in district policy, faced some pushback from parents who were concerned it could have an impact on the district's bathroom policies or open up teachers to more grievances. The updated policy reads, anyone who believes that they have been the recipient of illegal discrimination or harassment, based on race, color, national origin, sex, religion, age, disability, political beliefs, sexual orientation, gender identity, or marital or family status may file a grievance in accordance with this policy. The updated policy also changes instances where it read he or she to they. Hmm. Okay. Just gets a little more confusing. Confusing. What was that uh, one part where you said it really doesn't change uh, their current rules very much at all? Yeah, just basically two things is, is what it does, um, having to do with um, gender identity, basically. Yeah, that's most of it. Parents raised concern about the revision during the district's board meeting. A few parents spoke out about the revision, raising concerns that adding gender identity would open up teachers to grievances if they identified a student using the wrong pronoun or would put students in danger if others were allowed to use the bathroom and locker rooms that correspond to the gender identity. During the meeting Monday, Dan Skinner, general counsel for the Boise School District, said that the policy would not impact the district's bathroom policies. The district follows federal law and allows access to bathrooms already based on a student or staff member's gender identity. So that isn't anything new. Apparently now, mm -hmm. depending they, on how yeah, you decided. identify, you if you're a male and you uh, identify as a female, you can use the woman's bathroom. Right. They decided that one a while back. The uh, district also provides anyone who isn't comfortable going to the bathroom with their peers with separate accommodations. I don't know why they don't all do this. I just, <laughs> hey, I want my own private bathroom, so uh, make up, I, make I'm up uncomfortable. A, make up a reason. I want to be by myself in there. Sandy Carden, who founded the Boise Parents Association, said during a meeting in June that the district hadn't defined what kinds of offenses could qualify for a civil rights violation with gender identity. The district also doesn't have readily accessible rules or guidelines regarding gender identity. She asked whether it would be a violation if a teacher or student 
used the wrong pronoun or name of a student on accident. Our secondary teachers expected to keep up with different pronouns and names of over 100 students, or do they risk violating the school's policies? She went on to say by adopting this change, it would, uh, to the civil rights policy without defining or creating policies, rules, or guidelines surrounding topics specific to gender identity, while simultaneously refusing to answer questions about the topic, the district is subjecting thousands of teachers, students, and staff with potential civil rights or harassment violations that they're not even aware exist or which might violate their own speech, privacy, or safety, unquote. Well, there you have it. If you think it's confusing here in the Treasure Valley. Oh, I do. (laughs) And trying to keep up with the pronouns, chosen pronouns, gender identity, and things like that. Um, Just think of how confusing it is for Congress. This happened uh, earlier this week in the uh, Senate. Missouri Republican Senator Josh Hawley was questioning Kara Bridges at the Senate Judiciary Committee hearing about the abortion restriction case Dobbs versus Jackson. Um, The testy exchange between Hawley uh, and the college professor um, basically was he wanted to clear up whether women and this was the congressman talk or this was the uh, professor talking about this um, if she meant that women when she used the phrase people with a capacity for pregnancy take a listen Mr. Bridges you said several times you've used a phrase I want to make sure I understand what you mean by it you've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy would that be women? Many women, cis women, have the capacity for pregnancy. Many cis women do not have the capacity for pregnancy. Um, there are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy, as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. So this isn't really a women's rights issue. It's a, it's, we can it's recognize a that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive, Senator Hawley. Oh, so your view is, is that the core of this, this right then is about what? So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic, <laughs> um, and it opens up trans people to violence by not recognizing that. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? So I'm one, I want to note that one out of five transgender uh, persons have attempted suicide. So I think it's important Because of my line of questioning? So we can't talk about it? Because denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist I'm denying that trans people exist by asking you you if you're talking about women having pregnancies? Do you believe that uh, men can get pregnant? No, I don't think women can get (laughs) pregnant. So you're denying that trans people exist? And that leads to violence? Is this how you run your classroom? Are students allowed to question you? Or are they also treated like this? No, no, no. They're they're told that they're opening up people to violence. We have a good time in my class. You should join. I bet. You might learn a lot. Wow, I I would learn a lot. I've learned a lot just from this exchange. Absolutely. Extraordinary. (laughs) A lot of sincerity being thrown back and forth there. Um, I... I listened to this last night, and I'm just like, what, what am I missing here? Um, I'm not a doctor. I have no training when it comes to the medical profession. But as far as I know, unless there's something that has happened in the last few years that I'm not aware of, men can't get pregnant. However, 
according to the rules of those who follow these particular rules, including her, obviously, uh, if you call yourself a man, then you are. And then you are to be treated as such. Therefore, if you can still get pregnant, you are a man who can get pregnant. Technically. Even though you're not biologically. Yeah, you're also technically not, in, in a way. I, I love the fact that Which is, you know to say a biological way the the accusations flowed here just because he's asking questions all of a sudden he's asking you know whether women or men can get pregnant and all of a sudden he's like this whole line of questioning is transphobic yeah. well and it, it it turned into at that point you know you're old enough to have heard this before sir why are you you know asking so many questions are you ignorant of this as a congressman. Well, considering it was a congressional hearing, mm-hmm. and you want to get stuff questions on the record, um, I guess you can't assume. 208-336-3700. Need to take a break. Get a check uh, one final time. Traffic and weather. Phone lines are open. You can also uh, email us, chris at kboy.com, mike at kboy.com. Uh, you want to talk about the uh, Boise School District and uh, the change in gender identity and their grievance policy. You can talk about that uh, right now if you'd like. We'll take a quick break. Final check on traffic and weather. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Your view is is that the core of this, this right then is about what? So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic, <laughs> um, and it opens up trans people to violence by not recognizing that. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? So I'm one, I want to note that one out of five transgender p- uh, persons have attempted suicide. So I think it's important Because of my line of questioning? So we can't talk about it? Because denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist I'm denying that trans people exist by asking you you if you're talking about women having pregnancies? Do you believe that uh, men can get pregnant? No, I don't think women can get (laughs) pregnant. So you are denying that trans people exist? And that leads... You know, she could have used this as a great teaching point and she is a teacher she's a professor mm-hmm. professor at a california university and as you mentioned chris in the way you explained it she could have done if, if instead of being snarky and trying to say i don't i don't know what transgender people committing suicide has to do with his line of questioning or violence against transgenders it just sounded like she wanted to put that in there to get it into the record yeah that's that's clearly what she did it was an it was an insert i i mean she could have very easily said look senator this is let me explain this to you so that you can understand and yeah. and, and how you explained it it's like no biologically a man can't get pregnant however however if you are a man and you identify or if you're a woman and identify as a man, you can still get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And in in their uh, in in their uh, semantics or whatever, they would say that therefore a man can get pregnant because if you call yourself a man, then you are one, right. regardless of biology. Yeah. In their eyes, that's how they look at it, and they they don't have a great deal of tolerance about that. In other words, you know, this is the way it is now. Just deal with it. Is is what they say. Uh, Robin writes in, uh, hi, Mike and Chris. The policy adapted by the school district uh, is so disappointing. I am so concerned for my grandchildren currently in the Boise School District. 
I currently have two in the district. Neither one even know what a preferred pronoun even means. They know that one is either a boy or a girl. My granddaughter can say uh, she or he and not even know she is offending someone else. This is unacceptable. If I was uh, or had a school-age child, they would be homeschooled now. Take care. That's from Robin. Uh, I will point out there are people who have graduated from high school in this town who don't know what any pronoun is. That that's a subject for another day. Uh, if we're going to get than, into education, more than likely it is. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. Uh, we'll take more of your phone calls and emails coming up. Uh, by the way, right now, as promised, uh, going to get you a pair of tickets. You and a guest get to go to the. Uh, Snake River Stampede watch party next Saturday. Now, the watch party, you've got food booths, you've got vendors, live music. There'll be a live band there for you. You'll get to watch the Snake River Stampede on the big screen, and then the watch party turns into the after party. We've got a pair of tickets for caller number six right now, 208-336-3700 or pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Download the 670-KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Congratulations going out to Justin Goff. He was calling number six. Justin Goff of Star now will be uh, headed to the Snake River Stampede next Saturday night. He has tickets to the Snake River Stampede watch party. And that watch party includes uh, live music. They have bands. They'll uh, have vendors, food vendors. They have uh, different things that you can buy there. Of course, they'll, they'll have beverages, both the uh, uh, adult type and non-adult type. And the big screen television will be showing all the rodeo action uh, outside. So this goes on at the Idaho Center Outdoor Amphitheater. It's a watch party that eventually we're t- will turn into the after party when the rodeo is over. So it's it's really two tickets in one. So, Justin, you've got those tickets. Congratulations. If you didn't win there, don't worry. One more chance coming your way coming up tomorrow morning. Um, we'll give those away. And this is for next Saturday. Keep in mind, if you're hearing this and go, oh, Snake River Stampede this week. No, it's next Yeah, next week, next Saturday. we we'll give you plenty of time to plan. Phone lines are open this morning, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you'd like to get through and take part of the show, you can also uh, email chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Send us an instant message through our fan page on Facebook, or uh, you can also text us, same as our main number, 208-336-3700. Dallas writes in, uh, I'm a male, and I get pregnant quite often with food babies. Thank you, Dallas. Bada boom, bada bing. Mm-hmm. Let's see, uh, Jordan says, I am wondering if medically a trans man who is taking female hormone blockers and testosterone can actually get pregnant since that person does not possess the required hormones which allow pregnancy. Maybe a medical doctor can call in and illuminate me. I'm, I'm curious for the, the, I'm curious about the reason for the question. Uh, they probably can't if they start getting, you know, getting rid of everything that makes them female and replacing it with everything that makes them male. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know the answer either, not being a doctor, but le- I mean, legally, the way they look at it anyway, the way that those who are transgendered and those who support them look at it, if you, if you say, or if you, if you believe that you are a man, if you believe you are a woman, then we will treat you as such and call you that, and you should be afforded all the same rights as any man or woman who was born, you know, that way. So that's, that's what they want. 
Myron writes in, uh, Mike at KBY.com, my employer recently required training on use of pronouns and created a template for employees to use to determine what their pronoun is. We've also been told we can add our pronoun to our communications email, instant messages, etc. Here's what I have to say about that. You can just call me by my name. Yeah, that, that, is that is much simpler. Exactly. Uh, just just call them by name. You don't have to try and figure out, are, are they uh, a him, a her, an it, a they, a them? You don't but, have to write it down to try and remember what they want to be preferred, their preferred to, pronoun is. You have to start talking like, will you, would you mind uh, picking up Bob's dog and taking Bob's dog to Bob? It would be a lot easier than trying to remember everybody in your life and how, how they prefer which pronouns. It would be You know easier. what I mean? Just never use a pronoun again. Wayne writes in, uh, listening to the professor, I have to ask, what is the goal of the transgender movement? Forever, or at least a long time, those who have XX chromosomes have been titled women, and it worked pretty well for us. If someone is XX and want to think that they are XY, that's their business, and if they are so fragile that having people talk about it is violence to them, then there are other problems going on. I truly don't understand this issue and would like to know what the end game is. Uh, my guess is the end game is that they want it to be as normalized as possible. In other words, if you find out that somebody is transgender, it doesn't make any difference to you whatsoever. That's what they want from probably just about everybody, I would guess. I don't think that's what they're going to get from everybody. Uh, Dwayne asks, uh, email Mike at KBY.com, will the Boise School District deploy litter boxes for the kids who identify as cats? Um, I don't think they've gone that far as of yet, but we have heard, we've had this conversation. Apparently, there no, I be- are... I believe, I believe they had a fund for that, and they had to uh, cash in so they could uh, hire some security guards. Um, we have heard that there are school. I don't know if it's a Boise school district or whatever, but we've heard from parents that there apparently are furries, and they are allowed to be in the schools, so maybe that's the next thing. Instead of pronouns, they'll uh, want to be identified as the uh, animal that they identify as. Who knows? John writes in and says, uh, oh, this is from a while back. McGee and shenanigans remind me of Nancy Pelosi's famous quote, we have to pass the bill so that you can find out what's in it. I'll be kind and put her in the Mitt Romney category, rhino. I'm, uh, I'm not sure that many people I, yeah, think of McGeehan as a rhino. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I think it's way further right than that. Uh, Nick in Ontario, thank you for uh, holding on this morning, listening on 670 uh, KBOI. Good morning to you. Hi there. I'd just like to say that I drive a uh, Mazda, and if I surgically remove the Mazda badge and put a Porsche badge on there, does that mean I'm driving a Porsche? Uh, I suppose that's up to you. I I can't really uh, step in and, and call no, your I, call I, your Mazda I, or your Porsche <laughs> the wrong thing. However, to- however, if you put it up for sale as a Porsche, I'm not going to buy it from you. <laughs> not going to pay. You may buy it, but you're not going to pay the price of a Porsche, yeah. right? Right. Well, I just I just wanted to offer an analogy to the insanity of this transgenderism. That's yeah. all. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it, Nick. Uh, Stephen Boise, listening on six seventy KBOI. Good morning to you. Good morning. You know, when you start moving away from truth, you have problems. And you know your story on the news about not being able to get teachers. I wonder why they have to deal with. So much confusion. Are we teaching our kids anything in school? Are, are, are we teaching them that uh, there's male and female? 
or is it, what are we teaching them? I mean, I, I want to be sensitive to everybody, but you know what? When you start teaching a lie as the way things are, you're not going to get the truth. And I, you know, like the, uh, the gat, the professor on the clip you played earlier, 20% of them committing suicide. Why is that? Why is that? Well, in, in her belief, obviously, it was because of how they are looked at and treated by others. You know what? If, 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 you are, if your life is made up by how you're treated by others, you don't have a life. That's not necessarily so. If you're shunned well, by everyone, I mean, yeah. if you're shunned by everyone you, it's, it's really difficult to walk around with really high self-esteem. Well, you know, some people stay in their houses all the time. They never get out. They become hermits. Would you but prefer you know they what? did that? You, uh, well, no. I, I think people need to get out and, and live their life. I think they need to engage. I think they need to be taught how to get along in society. And, and we don't seem to be doing that. We seem to be trying to change society to fit the few rather well, than I mean, making the few adjust to society. Okay, but see, this is America, and it's, it's a free country, it's, so you can be and you know, who you are and do what you want. However, with America being a, uh, a free country, how much do you think people have uh, a responsibility to assimilate? Well, I think they do have a, a, a need to assimilate. If they want to get along, if they don't, they can just be, uh, you know, shunned as an outcast. I mean, you know, people, I mean, the guys that wear mohawk and red and yellow and green and purple hair, they do that to get attention, to make a spectacle of themselves. And, and yet they're out there, and, and they're not disengaged. They're out there pushing themselves on everybody else. And, you know, you just learn to live with people like that. And, you, I mean, sometimes you just call them what they are, different. <clears throat> all right. We're all different in one way or another, aren't yeah. we? Well, and that's what makes us great. Everybody's different. But you know what? But I want to be, this, I wanna be different by, like everybody else. Well, I just, I just would like to be teaching truth in our schools rather than stuff that isn't really true. There are two genders, male and female. Uh, and, well, now, you know, now wait. Okay, there are two sexes, male and female. Okay, okay. there, there are. If, if you are a teacher, fifty call, different genders. We call that, well, so they say. Yeah. Okay, here's the question: If you were a teacher, uh, and you taught in your class that there are two genders, there are two sexes, and here's the difference, would you then uh, be willing to acknowledge to the students that there are people who disagree with that? How many how many sexes did we have when we were in school? Didn't answer the question. Or how many genders? Huh? I didn't answer the question. Would you be willing to have a discussion about how other people disagree with that? Well, yeah, I would. Okay. That's, and we that's, all, that that's all I wanted to know. Almost daily. That's all I wanted you know, to know. But, but when, when one side decides that theirs, theirs is the only way, that's when we have a problem, and that's what we're running up against now. Is that you know what we've yeah. had this discussion for years, we keep having it. Uh, you know, to me, LGBT means ladies and gentlemen beyond tradition. You know, and and we just don't have traditions anymore. 
And it's no wonder kids are doing weird things. We're not teaching them to assimilate well, into society. I mean, that's no different. I mean, um, and thank you for the call, Steve. I mean, it's no kids are no different yeah. now. I mean, you, you, kids were doing weird things 10 years ago. Kids were doing weird things 30 years ago. Kids were doing weird things 50 uh, years ago. According to Socrates, kids were just incorrigible back when he was alive. I mean... For it, those of you who don't know, that was ancient Greece. <laughs> if, if, I mean, if you look back, you know, to the 50s, you know, and, and the '60s. I mean, the music. We, you, you were different. You, you, yeah. The the discussions that you had. It's like, oh my God, you're listening to that devil music. This is going to be the end of America. Well, it wasn't. I think. I, I think kids are. Or it depends on how you look at it. If you think of America as one thing in particular, and, you know, and and one big general idea, and if uh, you know something deviates from that, then you think, no, America doesn't exist anymore. It only existed, you know, maybe in 1956. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Need to take a break here. Uh, phone lines are open. I promise if you're on the line right now, don't go anywhere. We're going to get to you when we come back. A couple lines are open. If you want to uh, take part in the conversation, you can do that. You can also email Mike at KBY.com or Chris at KBY.com. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 920 East Chris Walton, I'm Mike Casper. Phone lines open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Chris in CUNA, thank you for uh, holding on, listening on 93.1 FM. Uh, you're on KBOI. Good morning to you. Hey, good morning. Thank you, sir. So, you know, the whole transgender movement, whatever. I, you know, I was told by one of my children that are way more in the loop than I am, apparently, is that I don't have to understand it. I just have to accept it. And I guess I'm okay with that, but it's just, it's getting so convoluted with what's right, what's wrong, who's this, who's that. And then if you misidentify, you're getting stewed. So let's just say somebody calls me an a-hole, and I'm not identifying as an a-hole that day. I'm that identifying day. as a mother something. I'm, I'm identifying as a mother something hey, or the other how, that day. How, how fun and would I it be, them? though, to take you to court and try to prove you are one? Yeah, yeah correct. Well, I, I'm sure I've got enough. I'm sure I've left enough trails throughout the day that they could probably <laughs> identify me as several things. So that, that's just my, where is it going to stop? That, that's my concern, is that, you know, if a guy wants to be a woman, okay, whatever. woman wants to be a guy, whatever. But I think the whole, well, you're, you're in trouble now because you misidentified me. I, I think that here's my problem I have with the whole left side of the thinking world, is it's all about if you make a mistake, you're a bad person. But if you lean to the right, and you make a mistake, or if you lean to the left and you make a mistake, then all of a sudden I still have to accept your mistake. It's just my frustration is is that whole movement is so un, it, it, it's just so one sided, and it, that's my frustration. And that, that's kind of that's all I got. All right, and that's kind of what we were talking about. Thank you for the call, uh, Chris. When when we were talking this morning, um, you know, when when we played the uh, audio of uh, the hearing and the uh, professor. Um, for lack of a better better term, uh, attacking Senator Josh Hawley and uh, calling him transphobic. It would have been a great time to sit there and maybe get it into congressional record and also, you know, explain uh, 
what she means and, yeah. and what she was talking well, about and just saying you're transphobic just because you're asking questions. That's that's just transphobic. That's just dumb. Transphobic, according to their definitions, could either mean that you're afraid of transgender people. That's generally what phobia is or phobic. Uh, the other one could be you're simply ignorant of what they believe. The third is that you simply do not believe in it and, you know, think it's a bunch of hooey, but they consider all those things to be being afraid of it. Some of them aren't necessarily afraid that are called transphobic. Yeah, I, 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 I don't think you're necessarily but, wrong. But basically it's, okay, we've made rules about it, now get in line. And a lot of people won't ever get in line. And it's interesting because I had I had this explained to me because I didn't understand it and 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 maybe you know part of the problem is you still might not agree with it but you know in, in one of the callers that I corrected earlier this morning it's like there's only two genders and and I had said that to someone also and they explain it's like no um there are only two sexes um they are male and female there's only two sexes and I go well yeah he goes, there's a whole bunch of different genders. Sex and gender are two different things, apparently, to some people. Now, some people may say, no, sex and gender are the same thing. Um, and the way they explained it to me was sex is biological. Gender is not. Mm-hmm. Gender is what you, what you identified. Now, whether you believe that or not, it helped explain the difference to me because I had just put gender and sex yeah. as the same exact thing, that there are only just two genders and there are only two sexes. The, the, the lucky part about this is no matter how much pressure we get to believe what other people believe, and you know, uh, we don't have to. It's still America. You can still believe what you believe. Mm-hmm. Unless, of course, you know, somebody is forcing you to believe what they want to believe, and then, then it becomes less American, I guess. We haven't completely gotten there yet, but I'm sure there are lawsuits trying to get us there. 208-336-3700. Pat in Boise, good morning. Listening on 670 uh, KBOI. Good morning to you. Pat, are you there? Did we lose Pat? Hmm. All righty. Pat, uh, we'll try to get you back there. I don't know if you were. Are you there now? Yes, I am. There you are. All right. Oh, good. Hey, when... when that professor was asking the senator she first explained that there's trans men that can get pregnant and then she turned around and she said and do you believe that men can get pregnant well i would like to point out that that's two separate identifications one is a man and one is a trans man and they're totally different and when we use the differences you know, if she turned around and said, well, can a trans man get pregnant? He'd have probably said, well, probably, but a man can't. Right. You may, yeah. However, in, in, in the trans world and in, in the LGBT world, they use those terms uh, as the same thing. You know, they, they wouldn't well, necessarily, they, they wouldn't say, well, you're a trans man. They would just say you're a man. They do, but I don't. Okay. And so again, if they have the right to use that difference, then I have my right. Yeah, absolutely. Still America. Okay. You still you can still believe what you want. And, um, and uh, absolutely. And uh, about 99 percent of the time, say what you want. <laughs> it's not 100 percent. Thank you for the call, Pat. Appreciate yeah, it. Thank you. Bye. Um, Kevin Caldwell. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. 
Hey guys, I wanted to, uh, I talked to, to Nate about this uh, a while back and uh, earlier in the week, I guess it was, and, and I wanted to tell you the same thing. This, this decision has already been decided by the Supreme Court and it regards compelled speech. It was decided in 1943. And I believe the reason we're talking about this is because BSU got involved and that's a government agency. Now a business or a corporation can compel their employees to do something, but the government cannot. And in the case of, uh, the West Virginia Board of Education versus Barnett, they ruled that the government cannot compel speech. And if I may, I'd like to read you just a one paragraph of what, it, what the, the decision says. And it says, the compelled speech doctrine sets out the principle that, can't, that the government cannot force an individual or group to support certain expression. Thus, the First Amendment not only limits the government from punishing a person for his speech, it also prevents the government from punishing a person for refusing to articulate, advocate, or adhere to the government's approved messages. So basically, this has already been dealt with, 1943, and I would suggest somebody at BSU back out of that and get the government out. If corporations would, want to be involved in telling people what to say, that's one thing Would you? But the government can't. Would you go far enough to say that if it's already been decided by the Supreme Court, we should just leave it alone? I would say that... Uh, I don't want my institution that I pay taxes into to get us involved in a lawsuit. I, I would also say that if you want to be treated like everybody else, then be, be like me. I'm a white male heterosexual who can be called lady, all sorts of horrible things. Well, that lady's not a horrible thing, but other horrible things. <laughs> say what? And I'm normal. I mean, I accept it. Just move on. I accept it. Transgender right. people, I accept them. Just quit trying to shove everything down our throat. Thank you for the call, Kevin. Thank you for the thoughts. Up against a break. 208-336-3700. News on the way next. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Stock market continues uh, to be down, not as far as uh, we were earlier, but still down quite a bit, 424 points. Standard & Poor down 50, NASDAQ also down today as the sell-off continues. So as good as last week was, uh, ending a week's long um, sell-off, uh, this week has got us right on back on track to be uh, another sell-off for the week. According to my latest calculations, I will be prepared to retire in about 42 years <laughs> uh boy writes in boi um having to do with the story you just heard uh in, in our news there about more weeds in our parks says more weeds in our parks what are we nampa well that wasn't nice um we've uh seen more weeds breeding on the green belt julia davis and quinn so far this year it's already a pain walking around with so many people and uh, goose crap now we're gonna have to avoid more thistle dandelions and goat heads i'm all for natural but where exactly is all the park money going to go welcome to nampa somehow i feel like i'm all for natural isn't a completely true statement yeah probably not and maybe that money is going to go to people who are pulling the weeds Could be. by hand instead of spraying the weeds. Fed Up says, I am still an American in America. I don't have to believe in God, Santa Claus, or the Tooth Fairy. I will not believe in the mentally confused. Also, you have to have a uterus to bear a child. Does a man have a uterus? Yeah. In, I, in, I in their, you, you need more than a uterus in to their, bear a child. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's true. <laughs> 
It doesn't require just one thing. Yeah. There are some important things in in the, in the, the chain of what it takes, though. Uh, I, that that your question was: Does a man have a uterus? According to their definitions, some clearly do. I'd like to see that, please. Can you show that to me? No, I, I, we're in America. I, I have the freedom not to show you and just tell you. I would not like to see that. Let me just say that straight out. Lyle, uh, driving around Boise this morning. Thanks for listening in, listening on 670 uh, KBOI. Good morning. Good morning. If I would like to know if they can't define a woman, how do they define a trans man? And uh, I didn't know I had a uterus. Oh, you don't. It's other men well, that do. I didn't know. But that's all I've got. Thanks. Gotcha. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for the question. Sorry we're, we weren't able to answer it. 208-336-3700. Like, like they said, you know, when, when the, uh, the very uh, uh, lurid rap song started coming out, you know, where, where men were completely, uh, I, I guess, you know, calling women different things and, and disrespecting them, basically. They asked some of the girls who were dancing to those lyrics, you know, how can you uh, sit there and dance, or how can you stand there and dance to this song? And the answer was, he's not talking about me. <laughs> well, and that's what a lot of that has to do with. I mean, if they say, yes, men can get pregnant. No, not all men can get pregnant, according to those who are transgender. Just the uh, transgender men can get pregnant. And again... If, if it would help if there was a, an updatable dictionary where we could just put something in hourly. Yeah, you almost have to these days. However, however, you would have to have the uh, the right to uh, erase some of those definitions as well as they become passe. Wanted to also talk about this this um, story that uh, has come out about and, and President Biden used this earlier this week um, in signing the executive order having to do with abortion rights after the overturning of Roe versus Wade uh, about the 10-year-old girl and how horrible it is that this 10-year-old girl was forced to travel from Ohio to Indiana to get an abortion because she was raped. And there were a lot of conservative outlets who at the time couldn't find the story anywhere and thought that it was made up by the left. Um, and then uh, this week now... Um, the story has been confirmed that, yes, the 10-year-old girl does exist. The 10-year-old girl was raped and did have to uh, be driven from Ohio to Indiana for an abortion. Um, Fox News is reporting uh, that an arrest warrant was expected in the case. This is something we talked about um, because of uh, HIPAA violation and has been filed against the doctor who leaked the story. Now, here's, here's the thing. And, and in most instances, this was a question that we ask, you know, if somebody goes out of state and gets an abortion and the doctor releases that information, that's a HIPAA violation. However, I think the doctor is okay in this particular instance because a 10-year-old being pregnant is against the law, not her getting pregnant. There's something going on. To, you, you, because a 10-year-old is not allowed to give consent to have sex. So the doctor in this particular instance, in my personal opinion, is required to turn this over to somebody because it is 
a felony for mm-hmm. a ten-year-old girl to be pregnant. It's, it's somebody like, has like raped you, that ten-year-old girl. It's like if you work in the emergency room and somebody comes in with a gunshot wound, you have to call the police. That's the law. Yeah. I mean, so I, I, ideally, I, you should also treat the gunshot wound. I don't. I don't know how this is going to be, you know, turned over for a HIPAA violation, or this doctor is going to be arrested because the doctor did. I think the only thing that they're supposed to be able to do in this particular situation, mm-hmm. they know a crime was committed because the girl was ten years old. There's not. Well, you can't look at the girl a... and go, "Oh, she might be eighteen. She might be seventeen. We all know that you can tell the difference between a ten-year-old and an eighteen-year-old. In, in the case of a juvenile, their parents are the ones who decide what can and can't be released. Yes. Now, the outrage over this is, is, as I was thinking about this yesterday, is absolutely amazing to me. Because the outrage here is that this poor 10-year-old who was raped had to travel out of state to get an abortion. How horrible is that? We're missing the point. My My guess is she had to get somebody else to drive. She was still able to get an abortion. Or her parents were able to get her an abortion. Mm-hmm. The horrible part isn't what that she had to drive. The horrible part was it's a 10-year-old girl who became pregnant because she was raped. But people are freaking out because she had to drive. Her parents had to drive her. The other part, and, and Biden may want to stop using this as, as an example of how horrible overturning Roe versus Wade was. Because if it wasn't for United States policy on immigration, this rape never would have happened. Because the person who raped this 10-year-old girl is an illegal immigrant in the country illegally. So had this person not been allowed to come across the border, not been allowed to stay, this 10-year-old girl would also not be pregnant. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to, you know, lessen the severity of how horrible this is. Because it's absolutely horrible. Well, I mean, that's, you know, uh, I, I guess you could... You could say that, that there's no chance at all that if he had come to the country uh, through regular channels and and uh, registered and everything and waited the time and become a citizen that he wouldn't have still raped the ten year old girl. Although, but it, in this particular case, yes, you, it, you it can was, pretty much say that. It, yeah. it, in this particular case, it was an alien or an illegal immigrant, whatever you want to call him. It, it, it's just amazing to me that the outrage here is over the fact that she had to drive the the fifty or a hundred miles, or her parents had to drive for. Uh, the 50 or 100 miles over the border to get an abortion, which she was still allowed to do, which, by the way, the attorney general in Ohio said that due to their laws, she would have been allowed to get an abortion within the state of Ohio also. Is that right? Okay. So I don't don't know if that's true or not, but that's what the attorney general said. Clearly, uh, she or the the people in charge of her did not think so. Uh, John in Nampa, listening on 670 KBOI, good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, guys. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Those, the uh, this girl was impregnated, and they refused to have her her abortion done in Ohio, so they could make the claim of you know some kind of <clears throat> wrongdoing and having her to be snuck out of <clears throat> snuck out of the state to get the abortion. They want that to be the narrative. The Democrats, in fact, the woman who did the abortion has done it before and not reported it to police. A nine-year-old girl, she was nine when, actually nine years old when she became pregnant. And all that falls under, one, the HIPAA law, can't be, can't be passing that information around. Number two, it was, a, it was a violation of a human being, not someone's daughter, this little girl did not go get pregnant. She has no uh, 
she's not, she cannot give consent one way or the other. Right. And it, under the case of the state she was in, she was able to get a, uh, an abortion there because of the situation. It would have been waived, and she would have got the abortion. They didn't want that to happen, or this doctor didn't want that to happen because they wanted to use this little girl for a pawn for their little uh, pu- uh, their um, political game that they're playing. That's all this is. And she and, and the doctor is probably going to go to jail because this is the second time she's violated HIPAA law and not reported a, a rape to law enforcement. So, so, so this particular this doctor doctor didn't release the information to the um, authorities. No, that's what I understand. She did not. She called up another doctor in another state to say, "Hey, this is what's happening. That's a HIPAA violation right there, and we need you to take care of it instead." Well, she didn't even try to use the state's uh, abilities. She wanted the problem where one didn't exist. Got it. All right, have a good day. Thank you, John. Thanks for the call. Thanks for listening. However, if if the girl's parents wanted the doctor to set up the abortion, that wouldn't be a HIPAA violation. No, no, because you have to, I mean, a 10-year-old is not allowed, you know, to give consent for that either because they are a minor, so it would have to be somebody. Somebody wrote in and asked, uh, don't you have to go through puberty in order to become pregnant? They want to know how come a a 9- or 10-year-old girl can become pregnant. Uh, Yes, you do. However, uh, a woman becomes able to get pregnant when she ovulates for the first time, which is about two weeks before she would have her first menstrual period. And it actually does happen to some women Mm -hmm. as early as when they're in third or fourth grade. Not everybody. I mean, more often it'll be probably when they're in junior high. But uh, it can happen. It it, it is possible. It is possible. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a quick break. One more segment is on the way. If you want to get through, here's your final chance to do it. Randy, I know you're on the line waiting. Stay right where you're at. I promise we'll get to you coming next. It's 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 949, he's Chris Walton, I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for being a part of the show this morning. Thanks for listening in. Uh, Eric writes in, Mike at KBY.com. Chris's exchange with the recent caller where he posed, would you be willing to engage with someone who had a different opinion uh, about the different amount of genders really exposes the heart of the transgender debate? That's not actually what I said. What I said was, would you be be willing to acknowledge in a classroom that there are people who have different opinions, not necessarily have them come in and talk about it? Went on to say that I'm willing to engage about the topic. Unfortunately, it seems like we skipped about 10 years of development on the topic. In other words, transgenderism, unlike the civil rights struggles of black people, women, or gay and lesbian people, seemingly burst onto the scene in about a five-year period. I was a public school teacher for 10 years, and at the tail end of my time doing that, I began to see a rise in the number of students who identified as trans. I even remember getting into a debate with one student about using they as a singular pronoun, That was a baffling concept to me as one with a journalism degree. I recognize that there have probably always been trans people in society, but by thrusting the conclusion that trans is a settled issue and or by labeling any challenging remark as phobic is part of the reason I have a problem with it. I wish proponents would spend more time educating, convincing people rather than condemning people, uh, a point Mike made today as well, 
Another caller pointed out the absurdity that we don't have to understand, but we do have to accept it. I agree with that caller. That's a pretty authoritarian, uh, pretty authoritarian position. Um, thank you guys for engaging on okay. the topic. That's from Eric. And and some you know some good points in there. Uh, let's see. I, I agree with the thing about they as a, as a singular pronoun. I, I've never been comfortable with that because we were taught in or English. Them. Yeah, we were taught in English class not to do it that way. It don't refer to anybody as they. Refer to them as he or she. It ain't proper English. And if you don't know which it is, you say the words he or she. But again, you know, uh, rules like that occasionally do change over time. Now, one thing he said. It seems like we we skipped about 10 years of development on the topic. Uh, we didn't skip anything. It's been the same for the transgender people as it has for uh, black people or women or gay and lesbian people. But it's because their numbers are so considerably fewer. It hasn't been in the forefront. Uh, gay people are supposed to be, I don't know if it's true, but somewhere between 5 and 10% of the population. Uh, women are about, you know, 50, 51% of the population. Black people in America are about 15 to 20% of the population. However, the transgender people, it's still, it's still far below 1%. That's why probably it hasn't been in, in the forefront. Shar writes in, uh, Mike at KBOI.com, are we going to affirm and try to normalize mental illness to make people feel better in their delusion? Is this going to help them succeed to their greatest potential? Someone thinks that they're a cat and we act because it would be acting like it's true. This is what you are doing, attempting to normalize mental illness. There are two genders or sexes, however you want to put it. There are no other choices. You are simply joining a huge delusion, pretending that mm-hmm. it is normal. However, that isn't not, that's not the opinion of the American Psychiatric Association. They don't think that any of these things are a delusion or uh, mental illness. Although, yes, I realize there are plenty of people who do because they write to me every day. Mm-hmm. And like we mentioned before, like I had it explained, and it, it made a little more sense, you know, yes, there are two sexes, male and female. However, genders um, that you can identify with, I think, I, I don't even know the number now. I know the last time I looked, it was like over 40, over 40 some, but I don't know what the official number of genders that you can identify as mm-hmm right now jan and boyce he says wow again callers are making up their own story of what happened to a 10 year old if the parents released the info no hipaa law applied if patients signed a release at the doc's office no hipaa small town 10 year old pregnant judgment what would you do as a parent i i think uh i, I at first i think i would panic <laughs> and then i would call the authorities chris don't panic remain calm everything's okay no, it isn't. I'm going to panic no matter what you say. Uh, Marty writes in, uh, text message, 208-336-3700, pound 670. My message to the gender bender population and cancel the model modern culture, please stop forcing people to live by the laws of your own fragility. Uh, Alex and Boise, we've got about 30 seconds here. Um, go ahead. Hey, all hustle. Thanks for having me on. Um, a point I wanted to make, I've heard several times on the program, and it's no shot at you guys or anything like that, but... Even sex is not a hard and fast concept. It turns out biology is complicated. People are complicated. There are millions of people around the globe who have three chromosomes, XXY, XYY. It can be very, very convoluted. So both gender and sex can be fluid and are actively fluid. It's also important to note that 
There, throughout history and time, there are a significant number of cultures who have identified multiple genders within their cultures. This is not a uniquely American or 21st century thing, even. And I know it can be difficult for people to revel with it, but it's important to understand that the trans community specifically is such a small minority of the population that sometimes these minorities have to yell very loudly to be heard. Thank you, Alex. Uh, Appreciate the call. Sorry I had to cut you off, but we are just about out of time here. But appreciate your thoughts this morning. We're about done. We're going to be on a 20-hour break, and then we'll be back for a Friday show. Don't forget tomorrow, Open Phones Friday, where we can talk about anything. Want to weigh in more on this subject tomorrow? You can do that because it is Open Phones Friday. Uh, We're on a 20-hour break, and once again, we'll be back tomorrow. Hope yourself uh, have a good day.